0: Thank you, dearly. Dear friends, if you have your Bibles, please open with me to 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, looking at verses 19 through 22. Again, 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verses 19 through 22, a sermon which I've entitled, Test Everything. I invite you, if you are able, please stand and honor the reading of God's holy word, 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, 19 through 22. The Word of God says, Do not quench the Spirit. Do not despise prophecies, but test everything. Hold fast what is good. Abstain from every form of evil. Friends, as you're being seated, please join me in prayer. Our God and Heavenly Father, this is your word. It's not Paul's best efforts on paper. It is the Holy Spirit-inspired word of the living God. It is true in all that it says and teaches, the the only rule for faith and practice in our lives. Father, let us recognize the authority of your word this morning. And I pray, God, that you would open our ears, open our hearts to receive your word And Lord, may we indeed test everything that this preacher says today under the lens of Scripture. If there's one here who doesn't know you, may they come to Jesus today. May believers be encouraged and challenged by your word. This all we pray in Jesus' name. And all God's people said, Amen. Final instructions. Parents. Have you ever given your children final instructions? Maybe it was at a time that you were leaving the house to go run an errand or you had an appointment and your kids were staying at home and and right before you left, you looked at your kids to give them some final instructions. Maybe specifically, here's some things, children, for you to do and here's some things for you not to do while I'm gone. Parents, maybe one of your conversations with your children sounded something like this. Hey, while I'm gone, here's what you need to do. You need to go clean your room. And when you eat dinner and you use the stove, don't leave the stove on when you're finished. Turn it off. And then when you clean up from dinner... Don't throw away the leftovers. No, those are good. Take the leftovers and put them in the fridge. We're going to use them for later, but make sure you throw away the trash. Don't leave the trash out. In fact, take it outside and get rid of it. Parents, it seems like all the times right before we leave, we're giving our children some final instructions before we go. And when we give these instructions, what we're trying to do is to equip our children. We're trying to teach them some very good life lessons. In other words, here's some good ways that you can manage the house and live life uh, in this house. Well, friends, in much the same way, in these final verses here in 1 Thessalonians, the Apostle Paul is giving several final Instructions. In fact, that might be a heading in your Bible. Maybe right before verse 12, in many Bibles, there's a heading that says final instructions. So what's happening here is, is Paul, who really considers himself a spiritual father to these spiritual children, these Thessalonians, he's giving them spiritual final instructions right before he closes his letter. And he gives them these instructions to teach them spiritual life skills. Their sanctification, how they should follow hard after the Lord Jesus Christ. He's a father in the faith to them, and as a loving parent, his desire is to teach his children how to properly live the Christian life with these final instructions because it's going to enable them to grow in their relationship with Jesus. And as we look at this text, we're going to find that the Apostle Paul says some things maybe in the same way that you and I would say them to our children because he tells them, here's some things that you should do and here's some things that you shouldn't do. And friends, it's these Do's and and don't do's, that's the way our text breaks down today. Our text really has, or this sermon really has two simple points. The first one is that Paul tells these Thessalonians two things not to do, and then he tells them three things to do. So it's the spiritual father, the apostle Paul, telling his children... Here's two things not to do. Here's three things to do. Let's zoom in, dear friends, at verses 19 and 20. And let's look at the two things that the Apostle Paul teaches his children not to do. Verses 19 and 20 say, Do not quench the Spirit. Do not despise prophecies. So let's look at this first one, do not quench the Spirit. Let me tell you a story. A few months ago back in early May, my daughter Macy turned 13 and we had a little birthday party out in the yard and it was a great time. And as it got towards sunset, we went over in my backyard and I made a a little fire and we got out the marshmallows, and when we got out the chocolate and the graham crackers. And you know what we did? We made s'mores. And everyone roasted their marshmallows over the fire, and everybody had a s'more. But it was the very end of the party that was my son Jack's favorite part of the party. Because as everyone left, what he got to do was put out the fire. Jack loves going over to get the water hose. And he likes to take the water hose and just spray the fire. And as Jack sprayed the fire, I I stood there and I watched him. He completely soaked the fire. He completely quenched every flame. So friends, what was a fire that had flickering flames everywhere had been completely quenched with the gallons and gallons of water that Jack used coming out of that water hose that day. You know, I think for most of us, pretty much everybody here, you've probably put out a fire at some point in your life, and you know what that looks like to have the big flames turn into something that's quenched and has no flame at all. Friends, I want you to know that I mention a fire today, Because did you know that in the Bible, the ministry of the Holy Spirit is actually compared to a fire? In Acts chapter 3, or excuse me, in Acts chapter 2 and Matthew chapter 3, the work of the Holy Spirit is described to be like a fire. So friends, in this text here in First Thessalonians, when Paul says, do not quench the Spirit, what he's saying is, do not throw water on the fire that God has started in your church through the power of the Holy Spirit. Friends, as we zoom in and we study this particular book, First Thessalonians, as we look at the context Of what Paul is saying about quenching the Holy Spirit. We find that there were many people in Thessalonica who were quenching God's Spirit. They were throwing water on the flame of the Holy Spirit through their sinful actions. Think about some of the things we've studied so far. They threw water on God's Holy Spirit when they were being lazy and not working and disregarding the Word of God, and just doing nothing. Friends, they doused fire on the Holy Spirit with their lives of sexual immorality. They completely drenched the Holy Spirit's work when they were busybodies. That means they were running around, getting into the affairs of others, gossiping, and not doing useful work with their hands. Leon Morris said it this way, Loafing and immorality will quench the spirit in a man's life and result in the loss of spiritual power and joy. Friends, that is why Paul writes, Do not quench the spirit. But secondly, he says another do not. He says, Do not despise Prophecies, it says it in verse 20. By prophecies, the apostle Paul means preaching or the foretelling of the word of God. In the Bible, friends, Paul and Silas are described to be prophets because they foretold, they preached the gospel of Jesus Christ. And you see, the Bible says they're preaching was used to be this burning fire by the Holy Spirit. But there were many people here in Thessalonica who despised their preaching. They rejected the gospel. And in doing so, it's like they took a bucket of water and quenched the fire that the Holy Spirit was bringing forth in the church. That's why Paul says in this text, Do not despise prophecies. So friends, you have these two do nots. Do not quench the Spirit and do not despise prophecies. Well, friends, how does any of this apply to us here today in 2020, even at Church the Redeemer? Friends, I want you to know that even today, we quench the Holy Spirit's work when we push back against the preached Word of God, when we refuse to accept it in our lives and we replace God's Word with our own sinful habits, our own loafing behavior. You see, when we despise God's preaching, when we despise the Word of God and do our own thing, what we do is we put God's Word on a shelf, we put things like prayer on a shelf, Bible study on a shelf, That means Christ is not the center of our lives, and the result of that is the quenching of God's Spirit. It's like my son Jack. It's like we take this spiritual water hose and just start hosing down everything that God is doing within our midst when we despise prophecies, when we go our own way and don't make Christ the center of our lives. Friends, we quench the Spirit of God. But dear friend, hear this text. God does not want us to quench His Spirit. God does not want us to despise prophecy and preaching. Rather, He wants us to fuel the Spirit of God. He wants us to receive His Word and to receive it well. Here's what one commentator said. This is Richard Phillips. Listen closely to this. To fuel The flame of God's Spirit, we must devote ourselves to the ministry of the Bible in personal reading and especially to the preaching ministry of the Word of God in the church. And think about this next quote. Hear this carefully. Either the Word of God will shape our thinking or the message of the world will drown out God's voice. And quench the ministry of God's Spirit. Let me say that one more time. Either the Word of God will shape our thinking, or the message of this world will drown out God's voice and quench the ministry of the Spirit. I have a question for you, dear friend. What is going to shape your thinking? Is it this world? Or is it this Word? You know, in preparation for this sermon this past week, uh, our dear friend Blair Burke stopped by the the church, and Blair and I were talking about this text and uh, what I should say uh, today uh, during this sermon. And Blair, as he always does, gave me a a really good one-liner to say concerning this verse. I'd like to share it with you now. He said, Adam, we need to view the world... Through the lens of the Word. We don't need to view the Word through the lens of the world. Think about that. View the world through the lens of the Word, but don't view the Word through the lens of the world. You see, dear friends, when we view the Word of God through the lens of this world, guess what happens? The Spirit is quenched. God's prophecies are despised. But friends, when you and I, when we start to view the world through the pages of the word of God, that's going to be an evidence that we've received the word of God and it's also going to fuel the holy spirit of God because his word has been received. Again, I will ask you a question. What will shape your thinking? Is it this world, or is it this Word? Dear friends, view the world through the Word. Well, friends, at this point, we've looked at these two things not to do, right? Don't quench the Spirit, don't despise prophecies. Let's now look at this last point, the three things to do. They're found in verses 21 and 22. Look at the text. It's very short. The Bible says, But test everything. Hold fast what is good. Abstain from every form of evil. What are the three do's? Test, hold fast, and abstain. Let me tell you another story as we talk about testing everything. It was the winter of 1998. I was a junior in college, Deirdre was a freshman, and that's when we began our dating relationship. She was a Reformed Presbyterian, I was a Southern Baptist who was becoming Reformed, and I was doing my best to study the Word of God. So as we started dating, we decided to do what every good Reformed Presbyterian couple would do, and that is study the book of Romans, because that's what Presbyterians do. They start out studying the book of Romans. Romans. So we decided to do that in our relationship. So you know what I did? I said to myself, I'm going to impress Deirdre. I'm going to show her how much of a spiritual leader I'm going to be in this relationship. So without her knowing, I got in my car and I drove down to the, the nearest Christian bookstore. And I ran into that Christian bookstore, and with haste, I started looking for the first book I could find on the book of Romans. We needed something extra to help us in our study. And I kind of quickly looked on the bookshelves, and there it was, Romans. Here's a commentary on Romans. So I just grabbed it, ran up to the counter, paid for it, jumped back in my car, drove back to the college, and I started looking for Deirdre. And I found her, and I said, Deirdre, guess what? You know, I'm so excited that you and I are going to study Romans together. I've gone out and done something that's going to help us in this study. I went out and bought this commentary. See, we're going to read the Bible, but then we're going to also look at this commentary. I'm so excited to do this with you. And then I handed her the book. And I want you to know that she took that book and she took one look at it and she kind of tossed it right back into my chest. And she said, Adam... I'm not studying this book with you. Didn't you see who the author of this book is? This person doesn't believe that you're saved by grace through faith in Jesus. This person believes that you're actually saved by your own works. No, I'm not going to study this book with you. And she sort of walked off. Well, I tell you what, at first I was offended. I didn't like that at all. I thought, she doesn't even understand how hard I've worked. I'm trying to be a spiritual leader in this relationship. Doesn't she understand? I went to this store with her in mind and bought this book and came back here. And I've I've put in money. I've put in time. I've put in gas. Look what I've done. But I tell you what, I got to thinking about that later on. And I thought to myself, you know what? Deirdre was right. We had no business studying that book. That book didn't pass the truth of Scripture. It it didn't pass the test of lining up with God's Word. Now, it took her about five seconds to come to that conclusion because I want you to know, back in the winter of 1998, Deirdre was far more discerning than I was. And I look back on that moment being thankful to have a discerning girlfriend at the time who had become my wife. I was thankful For her discernment. Dear friends. Discernment is the ability to view things properly. And I want you to know that the Bible says. That even today the church is full of wolves in sheep's clothing. And because of that God's people still have a need to be what? Discerning. You see, even though Paul tells us not, you know, re- receive the prophecies, you know, don't be in the business of not receiving prop- prophecies, even though he says that, on the other side, he says what? Test everything. See, this is the first do test everything. And to quote Blair, again, this was a second quote he gave me this week. Listen to this. He said, we should receive the preaching of God's Word, but we shouldn't be naive about it. Receive it, but don't be naive about it. But dear friend, I want to ask you this question. How do you and I test someone's preaching? How are you and I, as we receive prophecies, as we receive preaching, how are we supposed to test everything? Here's the answer. You compare that preaching to the written word of God. Do you remember Acts chapter 17? Luke writes and he talks about what we know as the noble Bereans. Here's what Acts chapter 17, verse 11 says. It says, They received the word with eagerness, but then they what? Examined the scriptures daily to see if these things were so. They received, but they weren't naive. They tested everything they heard, and because of that, they had discernment. Dear friends here at Redeemer. I want you to know that when preaching, when prophecy comes your way, if you receive it, please know that it still needs to be what? Tested. The Bible says test everything. You see, like the noble Bereans, we need to test what we hear under the lens of the Word of God. Because again, I will ask you this question. What's going to shape your thinking? Is it this world or is it this word? Friends, right now in our nation, you and I are receiving so much information. So much stuff is coming your way. I have heard from many of you. You feel like you're drinking out of a water hose right now. And the amount of information that's being put out to you. And then when you receive this information, you wonder, how in the world am I supposed to process all this, right? How in the world am I supposed to deal with all the data that is coming at me? Friends, this text helps us answer the question. The Bible says test everything. Just like the noble brands in Acts chapter 17. Yes, receive the word, but then test it through the lens of Scripture to see if it's true. You see, friends, we have a standard, and that standard is the Word of God. It's the Word of God who tells us truth. Truth, dear friends, it's not determined by the way we feel or the way we think or what our emotions feel like on a certain day. Truth isn't determined by what you, what you get on a, on a Facebook group or a, or a Twitter conversation. That's not where truth is found. Friends, truth is found in the Word of God. God reveals His truth through His Word. And you see, we need to test what we hear through the lens of Scripture. And then, once it's tested, there's a decision to be made. And here's where we get to the last two do's. The Bible says once it's tested, you either need to do one of two things. Hold fast to it or abstain from it. So the three do's are test everything. And then after you test it, hold fast to what matches the word of God. But abstain from what doesn't match the word of God. Abstain from what is evil. Let's talk about these last two dudes real quick. First of all, hold fast. That means if someone's preaching agrees with the truth of the Bible, hold fast to it. As the proverb says to the child listening to his parents, bind it around your neck. Wear it in your life. Not only open your ears to it and receive it, but be doers of that word, not hearers only. Don't let it go, hold it fast, live it out in your life. But dear friend, if you receive preaching or prophecy that is tested and is found to be conflicting with the word of God, is found to be in error. What does the Bible say for you today? Abstain from it. Get rid of it. Throw it in the trash. And just like Deirdre, toss that book right back into my chest. Abstain from every worldly or sensual influence. In other words, friends, learn to be discerning. Listen, to be discerning, you have to have a standard. And that standard for all of us is the word word. Of God Again, you've heard me say it many times, this is not just man's best effort on paper. This is the Holy Spirit-inspired Word of the living God. It is God-breathed, useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, training in righteousness so that you can be thoroughly equipped for every good work. I'll ask you again this question. What's going to shape your thinking? Is it this world? Because listen, the world will give you advice. The world's not going to hold back. They're going to teach you and preach to you and say things to you and they're going to sound great. They're going to sound like that's the way to go. But the Bible is going to proclaim to you "No, once tested by the Word that's evil. Abstain from that and let the Word determine your thinking. So friends, my encouragement to you is don't Take things at face value. Learn to be discerning. Learn to test everything. One commentator said it this way. He said, We're living in a time when spiritual discernment among Christians is so low. For this reason, one of the most dangerous places for an undiscerning believer to be is the average Christian bookstore. And I think if we all think about that, it's more than just the bookstore, isn't it? This world is going to throw false teaching at us everywhere it can. On your Facebook account, on your Instagram account, on your Twitter account, on the news, everywhere you look, dear friends, you're going to get false teachers. Therefore, be discerning. Test everything. And once you test it, Hold fast to that which is good, but get rid of, abstain from that which is evil. Friends, as we close the sermon this morning, let's finish where we started. Parents, all the time, we're giving our kids final instructions. Some of the most important things we tell our kids are some final instructions right before we leave. Well, Paul's getting ready to leave. He's getting ready to close this letter. And the last things that he's telling his spiritual children are these final instructions. Two things not to do. Don't quench the spirit. Don't despise prophecies. Three things to do, but test everything. Hold fast to what is good. Abstain from what is evil. Friends, my encouragement to you today as your pastor When it comes to the work of God's Holy Spirit amongst us here at Church of the Redeemer, I encourage you, put up the water hose. Don't spray down what God is doing here at Redeemer. Rather, fuel the flame by making the preaching of God's Word a priority in your life. But remember Blair's words. Even though you receive the Word, don't be naive about the Word. So that means test everything. Test everything. Test everything this pastor says under the Word of God. Test what Daryl says. Test what Hunter says under the preaching of God's Word. We want to give you not what Adam's best thoughts or efforts are. I want to give you what the Word of God says to you. You know, my job as a pastor is not to make up things. It's to tell you what the Word of God says. Hold me accountable to that. And I pray That we would all learn to live with discernment, how? By testing everything under the Word of God. And after we test it, we got a decision to make. Do we hold fast or do we abstain? That's what the Word of God says to us today. Friends, I'm going to ask you one more time. What is going to shape your thinking? Is it this world? Or is it this word? Let's pray together. Our God and Heavenly Father, we thank you that your word is truth in a world that's filled with lies. We thank you that you have given us a standard by which we can make uh, decisions, Father, that we don't have to wonder if something is true or not. We can simply look into your word. And Father, a, a sermon like this should teach every one of us to run to your word, not occasionally or frequently, but every single day. And I pray that our hearts would be like those of the noble Bereans in Acts 17. That we would not only receive it, but that we would examine what we receive through the pages of Scripture to see if it lines up with the truth of the gospel. In everything that's coming our way, Father, give us discernment to know whether to hold it fast or to abstain from it. God, go with us this day. Help us this week to be a witness for Thee. Help us this week, God, as we receive information to look at it under the teaching of Thy holy Word. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.